0: Hi, I'm Jimmy Correa, and thank you for listening to Conversations Between Addicts. Some of the most meaningful conversations I've had with people outside of my family were with people that had been where I'd been and had felt what I'd felt. It was raw, honest conversations that came after a 12-step meeting where buckets of tears were shed, or during the week when I called a friend because I needed help sorting through the mess in my head. They were the conversations where I wasn't trying to impress anyone. And I knew that they didn't judge me for all the stupid things that I'd done. This is what Conversations Between Addicts is about. I hope that as you listen, you will be inspired with hope for a brighter future and open up to someone that you can trust in full honesty. This is not a recovery program or any kind of replacement for professional help. As difficult as it may be, recovery really begins when you get real, fully honest with yourself and God. I urge you, if your life is being overtaken with addiction, get help. Talk with a family member, church leader, or colleague that you can trust. Go to a therapist or counselor. Get the help that you need. Real recovery from addiction doesn't happen alone in isolation. I know you can be free and feel the full joy that comes with that freedom. Most of all, I want you to know that you're not alone in this. We really are all together. So reach out, speak up, and let's help each other out so that we can enjoy that, that joy and freedom that comes from recovery from addiction. Uh, I have here with me a guest, Matt Soren. He's, a, he's the front man for the principal-based rock band, The One Tonic. He performs for private events, addiction rehabs, only the most fortunate organizations. Having suffered from the consequences of 20 years of addiction and abuse as a child, he now shares key principles to make sure life only get, keeps getting better, no matter what you get hit with. He's now happily married with six kids, though according to them, he's still a few fries short of a happy meal. Like Alex, that. <laughs> well, that's I think kids. Continue to think of us that way. Um, so, Matt, oh, yeah. uh, tell tell me a little more about your your story. Then, um, you know, this is a a podcast encouraging uh, others that may be dealing with addiction or have loved ones dealing with addiction to help them to maybe understand a little bit more uh, about what it's like. But more more importantly, <laughs> I really hope that these conversations. Uh, between addicts or recovering addicts or former addicts, whatever you want to call it, or, or even if you don't like, you know, I know a lot of people don't like calling it addiction or addict, um, you know, just those of us that are struggling with these things. Um, my hope is that these conversations will prompt others to open up in honesty and, and just real raw truth of like, hey, this is, this is what it is. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I've dealt with. And, and also the hope of that, you know, it can get better. So tell me a little bit about your story of where you've been, what's, what's it like, I guess.
1: Yeah. I probably like a lot of other people that have struggled with addiction, where for me, it started at a young age before I even knew what addiction was and, without having any other experiences with life, for me, my, my first addiction started when I was nine and then there were some other things that factored into that happening from abuse earlier. And I didn't realize what addiction was or what that, what that even meant. You know, it wasn't until I, years, years later where I've been struggling and struggling and, and was actually trying to stop, I thought, oh man, maybe I have a problem. This isn't. This isn't just. Uh, I can't really control myself the way I want to. Yeah. And you know, then after trying several things for years, and then and then keep messing up, it was really discouraging. Like, you know, what the heck is wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? And I tried different tools. I tried different things. And. I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I look back at it now and I, the addiction doesn't define who I am. The, the mistakes I've made doesn't define what I am, but all of those experiences have made me what I am today. And I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have gained so much. had I, had I not struggled and gone through these experiences and I look at them now as a complete blessing because mm-hmm. uh, like we talked about you know that's only possible <laughs> uh, I can't take care of my own mistakes That that's really the atonement that takes care of that if it wasn't for the atonement then that probably wouldn't be the case mm-hmm. but I do look at now you know the, the struggles I've had with that as something that has been a real blessing not only for myself but for my family for my kids and and, uh, and I'm grateful for it. it. It keeps me on my toes, and, and it keeps me continually getting more refined and a, and a better person. Now, Matt, that kind of sounds a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it kind of sounds like you're saying you're grateful for all the uh, crap that you went through.
1: Um, did you um, always feel that way? No, no. I Especially in high school. You know, it was kind of a a, a side swing. You know, I I ended up kind of getting into more addictions. I ended up getting a few different addictions going on and uh, struggled with severe depression, you know, uh, suicide, struggling with cutting. Of course, you know, they didn't call us cutters back then. There was a name for us. They just thought I was a psycho. But I struggled a lot. I I did put on a good show, so a lot of people didn't know really what I was dealing with inside. And people that that weren't really close to me. But uh, once I started to find the answers, then it's like, oh man, this is this is this is amazing. You know, like, there's no way I would have learned this any other way. And then as I as it's refined me, it's like. It's it's one of those things that I have grown to appreciate, and like I said, I, I don't think that'd be possible if it wasn't for the atonement.
0: It mm-hmm.
1: makes that possible to change, but yeah. um, because of that, I can I can look back and I don't have I don't have to have regrets for the mistakes of my past. I move forward with what I have ahead of me and and the moments I have now. And uh, and you know what the thing is is life just keeps getting better. It's mm-hmm. like. It, Life doesn't get easier. Problems don't go away. <laughs> I've got hit with some crazy stuff since I was really getting help with the addiction. And uh, but if I hadn't had the help, man, oh man, it would have been way worse, and I wouldn't have been where I'm now. <clears throat> if I hadn't have found some of the tools before, you know, we have you know medical issues that happened. My wife had cancer, and we've had some that wiped us out financially. And there's all these things that have happened, but life just keeps getting better because. It's not. It's not the experiences. It's how we grow from them mm-hmm. and our resilience to the things that happen. Where it's like stuff that I struggled with before doesn't affect me like it did before, and and it's empowering.
0: Wow, yeah, it does it sounds like you build up quite a resilience because, I, and and we had this conversation before where you you know you were saying that people in your church and they they come up to you and, and they have no idea that you were, you know, a, a, a cutter or, or anything like that. And the same thing with me, like I, I would have had, not would never have guessed that about you. Um, you you look like this amazing, you know, I, you look a lot younger than you probably are too. When I found out you had like a, a teenage daughter, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, you, you look like this awesome, you know, man that's doing some great things in the world and would have no idea that you went through those things. Yet you say that those those are the things that have taught you the lessons of resilience. You also said that you got a lot of help and tools. Can you talk to me about what were some of those things that, that helped you? The, you know, people or tools or what were the things that helped you the most?
1: Yeah, there's there's three things. Of course, starting to... The first step was getting out of my own head and getting help. Okay, what do you mean by that? Getting help from people around me, joining like a support group. Joining a support group was one of the first steps to start realizing, as addicts, one of the things that that I struggle with, I can't speak for everybody else, but from my experience, a lot of us do, is there's a lot of things that we think are normal. That's perfectly rational for an addict to think, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not. You know, and, and once you actually say it out loud, you think, oh, wow, that is really stupid." Why would I think that? That, you know, and but especially with addiction, it's it's one of those things that's. I'm laughing because I you know what you
0: mean. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's embarrassing. You don't want to talk about it. There's there's judgment. There's stigma. There's taboo, um, and some addictions are more. There's more stigma than others, and and that just drives the addiction. It makes it worse. When we get out of our own isolation and realize we can talk to somebody and people aren't going to hate us for the truth and they're not going to despise us and we can still connect and we can still be loved, it's empowering. And that goes along with any, any addiction, being able to make those connections. And through those connections, I found, I found some good people and, and other people that we kind of support each other we can honestly speak out to each other. If something's we're struggling with, I can send a quick text or a call and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then it's empowering just to let those things go through that. Also one of the, so, so I guess that's the first thing was getting out of my own head, really just getting out and getting help realizing I can't do it on my own. And then there's, there's are are a ton of tools. There are amazing resources that we didn't have 10 years ago that we have now where we get this, and we're not floundering around in the dark. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there was still a lot of floundering around in the dark of how to handle addiction and some of the, some different kinds of addictions. They just, they just don't have the tools, but we do now. Mm. And, uh, honesty goes along with that. Transparency and honesty was very important, especially my relationship being married 18 years now, which is crazy.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. That's- that's, a, that's a, an amazing feat nowadays.
1: <laughs> well, and I have an amazing woman to deal with somebody like me. So that's, that's part of the, you know, but that's, it's, it's been, our relationship has continued to just keep getting better. And, and honesty is a big part of that because if there's not trust there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. But, um, and then, and then I say the last, one of the, the bigger things, last things to kind of maintain sobriety is recognizing mindfulness, Mm -hmm. being aware of the difference between our addict self and what the addict wants and what we really want and being able to decide objectively in the moment of choice. Yeah.
0: So I I love that first thing you said about, you know, getting out of our own head, um, getting to a support group. Um, You know, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping that people will, will connect with, with this podcast because for me, that was one of the, the things that kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah. I, I was the same thing. I'd, I'd tried for years for, you know, 15 plus years doing all these things on my own that, that nothing seemed to work. And and it wasn't until I, you know, and I'd even been to some support groups, but I didn't feel like I ever connected with anyone. Um, I remember going to one group where um I don't know, I felt completely out of place. I, I I was like the youngest guy and I was happily married. I was very active in, in the church and and uh everyone else in the group was like all these older guys that had been divorced and you know, they're living alone and, and had all different kinds of addictions that I was dealing with and it was hard for me to relate with them. And there was I, I mean it was it was still a good place to start, but it it wasn't until I got to a group where there was a bunch of guys that were my same age, we we had you know similar circumstances, you know in the same church, same you know very active in our uh, with our families, and and uh, it was then when I started to make the connection with someone else, and started to make those phone calls during the week when I needed help or or text them, and 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 it was like that's when that I started to kind of get out of my own head or get out of isolation. So that you know things could start happening, so was, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up that's a that was something big for me too and i and I agree I think it's big for for anyone um, yeah. yeah what else um along the lines of with you said mindfulness, what do you mean a little more by that of because I've heard that term a lot,
1: yeah, I came across uh f- few years ago something that that has has helped this little strategy called uh riding the wave and um trying to think if i could think of the site where i where i picked this up at but mindfulness the idea of mindfulness is really recognizing what our what we're feeling what our emotions are what we're experiencing because addiction is all based in a lot of this unconscious you know, a lot of the times that's, that's why, especially with addiction, it's like, you don't want the addiction. And then all of a sudden, the next, you know, you're in the middle of it and you (laughs) think about getting out and you're like, what the heck happened to me? It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And the the realization is, is that one of the biggest things for me that has really kind of helped turn the tide in, in some ongoing relapses and stuff was to recognize how our brain works. You see, we have our the limbic system and the frontal cortex. The limbic system is basically our survival instincts that we develop by the time we're, we're five, you know. And, and all our limbic system is interested in is how to survive, avoid pleasure, uh, avoid pain, find pleasure, and yes. survive. And a, a good example of that is when we're in a life or death situation. Say somebody's trying to stick our head under the water and and drown us the limbic system kicks right in. That's our survival instinct. And we're going to do anything almost to the point where we might even just, we might kill this person to get air because that's what we need to survive. There's no morals. There's no, there's no ethics in that. It's just a survival instinct. Mm-hmm. And with addiction, what what happens is our, our limbic system kind of gets hijacked when that, when we get an overload of those stimulants that hijack our system into thinking that this is a survival need,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so when those when those triggers happen, the limbic system is then ready to kick in, you know, into that survival instinct mode. And what we need to do is realize the difference between our limbic system and our frontal cortex, and and to be able to exercise my, mindfulness is a way of exercising our conscious and recognizing our, are, are more of awareness where we can kind of step outside and be objective and recognize those moments and be more aware of them when they come and how to respond to them instead of letting the limbic system take over, which is usually what happens with us as addicts. And then we go back into the, this, this relapse pattern.
0: Uh, it sounds kind of like exercising a, a muscle in your brain that, you know, as, as addicts, we don't even know that we have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's Frank, frankly, uh, I've, I've I've heard the analogy. It's kind of like the iceberg. <clears throat> you know, an iceberg. Only about ten percent of the iceberg is above the water, mm-hmm. and a lot of our choices and things are are subconscious. You know, eighty to ninety percent of our choices are subconscious, and and are kind of operate in the, you know, in uh, off of off of instinct and habit and and, and subconscious. So. It is. I mean, this is actually an exercise that a lot of people don't really get. And even if you're not an addict, uh, if we really look at ourselves, when we when we're going to seek pleasure or avoid pain, how often are we doing that kind of off of a knee jerk reaction instead of mindfully deciding is this the right thing to do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's eating, whether it's you know trying to find an escape from stress at work, or uh, you know you know spending time on YouTube, or you know there's we all we all deal with this. This is this is human nature. Mm-hmm. So it's it's something that we all have to exercise but I appreciate the reason I one of the reasons I appreciate ad- addiction for me is because then I was able to learn some of these tools to help me in all the other areas of my life too so it doesn't just help me with my addiction it helps me with everything else to be more mindful and more alert and make better decisions in those moments when your limbic system wants to kick in and that fight or flight same with arguments you know it's a fight or flight mentality mm-hmm. we we get into the the lizard brain <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, it's this, it's the same principle. Well Yeah. That I
0: totally resonate with that. And, and, uh, yeah. I think, I think it is something that's, it's, it's good for, for anyone. I, I agree because, um, I've read uh, different places where, you know, we, we use the term addict or addiction so, so loosely in our society now. You know, it's like, oh, I'm addicted to diet coke. You know, or different things like that that people people use really loosely. When you know, if you go by the the APA's, you know, technical term of what addiction is or not. You know, there's um, they've got their own definition, and um, yet I think there's 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 a whole spectrum of of levels of where the limbic system kind of takes over. You know, or how how much we get in that, that brain fog where we're really not thinking rationally. Um, you know, and the yeah. severe addiction being that really extreme uh, down to the, you know, difficult habits to, to overcome or, or whatever it may be. And, um, but I think that, the, like you were saying, that hitting an addiction point where, you know, you, you hit like a, a rock bottom or something where the pain is so great can become a blessing because then you begin to learn the lessons you need to because, you know, uh, uh, Dan Clark puts it away, you know, that, that pain is an indicator of, uh, of a lesson to be learned. Once you learn the lesson, the pain goes away, you know? And I, I think that's, that really is the, the blessing in, in, in addiction that, that you learn lessons that you need to learn that you wouldn't have learned had you not experienced that pain because it's the pain that leads you to to the lesson. So
1: Oh yeah, it's yeah. and it's totally true. I think that's one of the realizations we have a hard time accepting as human beings is that we're our whole existence is transient and unstable, you know. <laughs> and and that that's part of our process of growth is that, you know, we we kind of want an absence of problems, but the reality is is if we had an absence of problems we wouldn't progress. We'd still be in the garden of Eden, not knowing what good happiness was, what joy was, or have a clue of anything (laughs) or even how to use our agency Mm -hmm. and, and all the growth that, that we get from it. Um, and it's always, and of course it's always easier to say that in retrospect and until you've had a lot of things over and over again, then it's easier and easier to kind of like, Oh, you know, I can, I can be okay with this in the moment. But you know, it is, it is it's all about our, our growth and progress and, and it keeps getting better as we're willing to keep progressing. Yeah.
0: So what would you say to someone that maybe is in the, the throes of it, they're in that dark, just the, the pit of despair and the pain is so intense that it's, you know, I, I, I can think of those times when it was like, yeah, there's no way I'm thinking of this as a blessing. I hate this. I wish it would go away. I want to just disappear. Like, what would you say to someone that's
1: that's caught in that that dark pit right now? The the main thing I would say, and this is this is kind of, uh, I get on my knees and pray. That'd be the first thing if that's not a if that's not a part of really being able to get on our our knees and really surrender our lives. I think some of the coolest experiences I've had when I've struggled, where I've been in those moments where I didn't feel like I had the strength to withstand a a, a trigger or a temptation. And I knew that if I was going to do anything, that – Anything I did, if any kind of movement I was going to make, I was going to go towards the addiction, and so I just had to sit still <laughs> and mm-hmm. and sit there and and pray and say, "Look, I know I don't have the strength to do this. If this was my choice, I choose the addiction. Please take that." I'm going to give you the choice, God. I'm going to give you the choice. You're going to make the choice for me, and I'm I'm going to listen. I'm going to follow it, and I'm really willing to l- give you this choice so you can help me make the right one. Kind of let go, relinquish that 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 desire to to, to act out. And as I've done that, as I've been able to. And it's happened. It's happened several times. By doing that, and really trusting in God and giving that to Him, I just feel that flow of peace come over me. That would give me the strength where I could acknowledge the temptation and be able to re- realize, you know what, I'm going to give this to God, and I'm I'm not going to follow through with it. And that's. That's, uh, and that's, that's when we're in the point where it's like, we've already broken through a lot of barriers that, that could have stopped us from getting to that position in the first place. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a really dark place, you're already there. You know, you, you can't, you can't backpedal to making earlier, earlier, more subtle decisions that may have led you to get to that point. Uh And so you just got to work from where you're at. And that is the, uh, that's one of the huge things in the moment. And then the next thing is, you know, everybody's a little different with exactly what you might need. There's a lot of different factors that play into addiction or depression or mental illness or any kind of, you know, chemical imbalance or abuse, you know, PTSD. There's a lot of different factors. And by praying and really looking for a direction and being willing to seek the direction, the answers will come. And, you know, I, I haven't, I, I'm not one of these guys that went to a 12 step program and then was like clean, you know, I,
0: do those people exist.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, there's a few, there's a few that seem like they do, like maybe they didn't really have, they weren't as ingrained their whole life, but like for someone like me, when I was like nine and it wasn't until I was like 29 that I started to really get help, you know, it's been a lot of work and wrestling. But the experience I've had is the more that I've turned to God and looked to him for the answers and to, to, to prayerfully ask, guide me to the answers that I need. Tell me through this guide me to what I need to improve. The answers come and they keep coming and I get more and more and it's, it's incredible. And so, you know, I know prayer, prayer is kind of like this storybook answer, but if we really apply it as an action, it doesn't matter what our circumstances, it's going to work for us it'll get us the answers we need you know and I, I'm inclined to agree um, yeah
0: I, I've been there too and I've also been in that spot where it felt like prayer wasn't working mm-hmm. and, and I I think that's really when you 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 it's a moment of test okay am I going to keep Am I going to keep praying to this God that feels like he's not answering? Or or am I going to give up, you know? Um, And I I love how you put that of being willing to just say, hey, I'm going to give this choice to you. Um, Because really that, it brought to mind, you know, the quote from Elder Maxwell, which I don't know exactly what it is, but he says something to the effect of really the only thing we can give God is our, is our will. Cause everything, everything else he already owns. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the only thing that he's given us completely is our, our agency, our will. And, and, uh, that's kind of a scary thing. We, especially as an addict that's, you know, we're, we're holding gripping so tightly to it. Like, no, this is, this is mine. <laughs> I want to do it my way you know, that pride of like, no, I can't, I can't let go because if I do, then it'll be worse. And we've got all these crazy lies in our head telling us that, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to work out and things, you know, it'll hurt more if I, if I let someone else decide for me and, and I don't want to hurt anymore. I don't want any more pain. I want it to go away. And, and I think God's trying to tell us, no, it, you need to go through a little more pain, but it's going to be better afterward, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to, to try and run away from pain, but, uh, it's, it's giving that will up to God, which ultimately creates the greatest joy.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of this quote from Paul, you know, Paul in Corinthians, and Uh he, he talks about the thorn in his flesh. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that scripture. Yeah. And I've, and there's, there's been a few times where I was praying and I'd open up to that scripture, you know, thrice I asked for this thorn in the flesh to be removed from me. And it wasn't, but I'll live with, you know, he kind of came to the point of acceptance. So I'm okay with that. I'll live with that, that, that trial. Cause it's it help, it's helping me, it's helping me grow and it's helped me grow closer to God. And, uh, I think that's the other side that, that it was important, at least for me. And I don't know if it would help other people out, but for me to, to realize that I wasn't the addiction, you know, the, the, the addiction wasn't me at the, at the core, I didn't want it. And so when I had, the, when I was tempted to addiction, it was like, it, it's not me that wants the addiction. It's not me that wants to act out. It's the addiction that wants me to act out. It's my limbic system that is trying to Take over in that survival the survival mode, saying I need this. Well, that's not me. That's what it wants. But ultimately, I am. I am the person who can choose whether I'm going to let the limbic system take over, and be able to recognize that I can step back in that moment of choice. And it's it's an ex, it, it takes time to to exercise that part of our mindfulness to realize we have the power to do that. But one of the most one of the awesomest epiphanies for me was one time when I was really struggling, and I was having this this that this overflow of emotion that was just driving me to want to act in the addiction, and I was able to step back and kind of sit in it and realize that I can feel that, but I don't need to act on it, and I could redirect that energy towards positive, and, and it's there, but I ultimately have the power to choose. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but it's, it really comes down to being able to separate my own decision from the, the natural man wanting the addiction that, 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 uh, survival mode that wants it and being able to decide myself that I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not like something where you do that once for me anyway, it's not like it's something I do once. And then all of a sudden, Oh, I'm never going to have, I'm never, I'm never tempted again. The temptations. For me, they they keep coming. Yeah, they, they probably will. But now I can be more aware of those things. And I can be aware of the patterns and be able to step back and realize ultimately to allow myself the ability to, to choose and be able to choose more quickly before I get to the point where I'm unable to move and praying, God, take this. <laughs> so I don't have to get to that point. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, it probably took you a lot of practice of that mindfulness of being aware of, your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings until you can get to that point where you can go, okay, I feel that. And I'm not going to act on it. I'm going to go a different direction.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I was going to see if I could find it. Um, there was this exercise called riding the wave mindfulness, riding the wave. You might just want to Google it, but it's okay. kind of a mindfulness exercise where you go through, and I think it's mindfulness-solutions.com. They've got some, three, some, free, um, some free things you can download. And so they're, they're, they're basically mindfulness exercises so you can get a better – the ability to kind of sit in those emotions and be able to – instead of trying to fight them and kick them out, you recognize them, acknowledge them, and are able to let them go kind of like a wave. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in waves and uh, I didn't even think about it before we got on the call oh, we can until after we were, until after we were talking and, and I'm like, what is the side <laughs> for that? All um, right.
0: We can, we can put it on the blog or something after.
1: Yeah. I'd, anyway, I'd that's a, that's, there's some good exercises in there. One of them is called riding the wave and you can kind of use that. It's like um, sitting in the pain or the, the temptation and be able to kind of ride it like a wave, and it's a mindfulness exercise. It's a good way to start to develop that part of our frontal cortex again that has kind of been abused and beat up, and we've kind of let our or will to choose taken over.
0: Wow. that reminds me a lot of um, yeah. I like that acknowledging it. Um, I saw a recent quote from uh, I think it was attributed to Michael J. Fox, saying something like acknowledging something isn't surrendering or or giving it's not giving up it's it's recognizing that there is a way um, to deal with it and i think too with you know the temptations or the emotions or addiction whatever you want to call it um i think you really do have to own it before you can do something about it um because the natural you know reaction is that limbic system the survival mode saying no this hurts i don't want pain i'm going to run away from pain and try and escape from it. And which the insanity of it is then we escape into the addiction because that's what we know. <laughs> instead of recognizing that hey this is this pain is real and owning that and saying, okay, this is this is part of what I'm feeling. This is part of what I'm experiencing. What am I gonna do with that instead of trying to run away from it? Because I think if we run away from it, we don't have the power to do anything about it. We haven't owned it. We haven't accepted it and acknowledged it yet.
1: Yeah. Well and then the, the other side of that too is that it's it's our, our our the limbic system of our brain, that 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 subconscious survival mode, that's used to fighting. That's how it mm-hmm. operates. It's like it it's it's its role is to take over when there's a survival need. And until we can kind of uh recognize that that uh, that's not something we can, we, can, we can't we can turn off the survival mechanisms. We can't turn off, you know, if I need air, I can't turn it off and, and, and choose not to eat or to breathe. <laughs> and yeah, the, it, the, the limbic systems kind of been hijacked to think that the addiction is a survival need. And so we got to kind of re re rework and, and, and pull it out of that. And uh, that, that's, that's, that takes time to do, but, <clears throat> but it makes all the difference when we realize I do have the power to change. I just need to, uh, you know, do the right exercise to help me be able to do that in those moments. That's cool. You know, and then I, I was just going to say, I found this site. So the site that I got, one of these ones I thought was really helpful for, especially for this, were for, mm-hmm. okay. It's, it's mindfulness dash solution.com. Okay. So it's mindfulness-solution.com. And then there's a download meditations, which is on one of their subpages, And the one that I really like. there's a lot in there, but the one specifically for helping with addictions is, is urge surfing for cravings is what it's called. Cool. Urge surfing yeah. for cravings. And it's just basically a way where you, you, you kind of meditate to be able to kind of ride, recognize those riding those waves and kind of exercise your brain to be able to recognize those moments and be able to make the choice and, and redirect your thoughts on a conscious level instead of the subconscious taking over.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, I'm going to check that out. That sounds, sounds like something to be helpful. Well, we're, we're uh, pretty much out of time here. I'm trying to keep this around 30 minutes or less. Um, but I wondered, yeah. if maybe in closing, if you want to share how, how, how good it feels.
1: Now, what, what kind of joy are you experiencing? You know, for me a lot of for me it's just a lot of great gratitude. A lot of gratitude to be able to experience all the ups and downs of life. Just be able to be grateful for the the ability to progress and to become better and to be able to improve and see the hope at the end of the tunnel. And from struggling for 20 years, there were a lot of times where I was thinking, there's no way, There's, I don't see any way how I'm ever going to be able to overcome this. And like I said, through a lot of the tools that we have now, man, the answers are there. We just got to get them. And then, and then praying for the direction that we, we might need specifically for ourselves makes all the difference. Man, it is, like I said earlier, it's, I just feel like life only keeps getting better as we do that. And it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. My life, you know, there's, there's, there doesn't seem to be any plateau yet to how good life can get. And it's it's not an absence of problems. It's the problems are there, but it's our, our ability to be able to sit in them and and enjoy the pro the progress or the process is it, it makes it empowering and it makes it fun and and it it does make life better i just anybody that's struggling i know where you've been so i can tell you it does it does keep getting better just hang on awesome
0: matt thank you so much for for
1: sharing uh your thoughts and your insights
0: i feel like i've been enlightened and strengthened i'm i'm excited to put some of this to practice as well um and to anyone listening, I, I echo what Matt said. Hey, there, there's hope ahead. Life keeps getting better and better. Doesn't mean problems go away. It means we learn how to deal with them better. And there's progress in the process. I love that. Um, so keep trying, keep going. It's gonna, it's gonna work out. Uh, hopefully, the, the things you've heard today has inspired you to go out and talk with someone else. Share your honest heartfelt feelings with someone that you can trust, someone that you love. Um, If you don't feel like you have anyone like that in your family right now, get to a support group. Um, There are all sorts of support groups for all kinds of addictions in every location. And if not in a location, there's lots of them online, phone conversations, anything like that. And, And I think Matt or I would both agree. You can always reach out to us. We're happy to help anyone that we can. Uh, Matt, do you want to share uh, You have a website or something people can learn about? I know you've got some, I've heard a a little bit of your, your rock recovery music. Um, Why don't you share with people how they could connect with you on that? If they want a a concert or if they want you to come speak to a group or something like that, how can they connect connect with you?
1: Sure. Yeah. My site for this is rockwithpurpose.com. It's R O C K W I T H. P-U-R-P-U-P-O-S-E, rockwithpurpose.com. And I do, I've got a band that it's all, all the music I do is principal based. And you know what? I didn't start any of this until I went through my own process of recovery. And it's why the, the reason I started doing it. And I also did it to, as a way to connect because I had friends that were struggling and really weren't pulling out of it. And I knew they weren't going to listen to stuff. I wanted to listen to to create stuff that they would connect with and so I do I do that and I and as a way to give back and it's a lot of fun and like I said, anybody can reach out to me. I'm I'm not about I'm all about helping people. So Yes, you are if there's anything that I can do to help, you can just send me a message or, or give me a call and you know, that's what it's about. Or helping a group or doing a performance. You know, that's that's we're all here to help each other out. Cool. Well, Matt, I sure appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to
0: to talking with you again soon. We're probably going to see each other on Thursday, huh? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. At the uh, National <laughs> Speakers. Cool. Well, thanks so much, and I uh, sure appreciate your, your input and your, your service and your love for others, and we'll talk to you again another time.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, Matt. See ya.
0: Hi, this is Jimmy Correa. I'm the host of Conversations Between Addicts. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that you'll visit us at our website, www.jimmyandshelly.com. It's J I M M Y A N D S H E L L Y, where you can find out more about me or my wife, Shelly, and here are some of the things that we enjoy doing. Most of all, I hope that you will share this podcast with someone else. My experience has been that every family is hit with some kind of addiction, depression, some kind of a big challenge like that. And it really takes having an open, honest conversation to strengthen and build relationships. I know that that's been a huge blessing in my life, and I hope that you will reach out and start those conversations with someone else because it's hard to start sometimes. Most of all, I hope that you remember that there are people out there that need to have those conversations with you they need to hear honest open heartfelt feelings and know that they're cared about really and truly there are people depending on you so go out and share go out and talk with them thanks and we'll see you next time